Now, beginning January 22nd, the United States will require essential non-resident travelers crossing the U.S. land borders like truck drivers, government and emergency response officials to be fully vaccinated. The Biden administration pushed the requirement for essential travelers by more than two months from when it went into effect on November 8th for non-essential visitors to prevent disruptions in the North American, um, you know, trades and supply chain. But already industry experts are sounding the alarm. One of them happens to be our next guest, Stephen Leskowski, who's president of the Canadian Trucking Alliance. Stephen, it's always a pleasure having you on the show. What are your concerns with this new border requirement? Well, the the issue is the fragility of the supply chain and, and what we're dealing with currently. Uh, we estimate even if we can get all of our fleets across Canada, uh, which represent about 120,000 truck drivers that cross the Canada-U.S. border that are Canadian-based, uh, even at 90% vaccination rate, you know that's 12,000 people out of the supply chain uh, as effective on January the 15th. Now, we expect that number to be even higher uh, with U.S.-based drivers, which represent about 40,000 truck drivers. So uh, there are significant challenges, real challenges associated with service. We all know currently that the supply chain is having some significant service issues. So the imposition of this mandate on January the 15th or January the 22nd, depending upon which country you're based, uh, poses some really issues, real issues for the supply chain. Our message to Ottawa and Washington is, is fairly simple on this one. Let's work together. Let's work with our customers to find a, a date uh, to implement this policy that's less disruptive than January. Right. But Biden's saying, well, I give you two two extra months. Why can't uh, truck drivers meet that challenge, that date? Well, I think, you know, it's not just a truck driver challenge. It's a societal issue. I think we, we look across all aspects of society, white collar, blue collar, et cetera. You know, people approach the vaccine issue with some hesitancy. Uh, we're seeing it, as I said, both in Canada and the United States. So we have fleets that are in the 85 to 90 percent range, 100 percent of vaccination rates. We have fleets that uh, represent more about the area they're in and where they draw drivers from. So we have a challenge ahead of us. Uh, We're willing to accept that challenge. Uh, We're in a disagreement of the runway leading up to this mandate. The area that the driver is located in affect the vaccination rate? Uh, uh, So I I think, I'm sorry, you broke up there, but what I think you heard is that depending on where the driver's from. So, you know, we have vaccination rates both in the Canada, the United States on a regional basis that are higher and lower. So that's what I'm referring to. Okay. Um, What industries are we looking at that will be most affected? Because I'm hearing, uh, I read a quote that you gave to a a reporter saying that even if every single company gets their vaccination rates up at 90%, that's 12,000 drivers short uh, so if that's the case, where are we looking at um, cutbacks here and uh, and shortages and, um, I guess, just a problem with their supply chain? Oh, understood. Uh, you know, there's it's a $650 billion trade relationship between Canada and the United States. And that trade relationship is a broad spectrum of industries, from food to auto to chemicals to manufacturing. You name it, trucks move it across the Canada-U.S. border. So it's hard to put a finger and say this this sector will be more hurt than others. The reality is that it will be spread across all sectors and all aspects of the supply chain in the Canada-U.S. trade uh, trade relationship will feel it to some extent or the other. 
How will this directly affect people listening right now? I mean, is it the fact that if you things will be the the co- extra cost for securing drivers that will be in demand, you know, they'll be asking for more money, so their um, job will cost more. They're going to have to pass it on to us in some way. You know, I think uh, all you know, whether it's the manufacturing community or the trucking community, everyone's doing their best to make sure that Canadians and Americans. Uh, we, we're living our lives as normal as possible. But the reality is, as we've all seen it, we've seen empty shelves. Anyone who's ordered product uh, understand now that sometimes instead of weeks, it's taking months. Part of that, not all of it. So, you know, I don't want to oversell it. But part of it is the driver shortage. You know, currently today, uh, we have 20,000 vacancies in the trucking industry. That means we already have 20,000 trucks that could be working but they're not because we don't have drivers. So that gives some context as to why we're saying we need more of a runway than January. Uh, We have a problem already. Part of the problem in the supply chain is the driver shortage. Mm -hmm. This will make it worse. So let's work together on finding a date that's less disruptive to Canadians and Americans. How do you go about, you know, solving that driving shortage? Because I hate to bring this up because I'm sure as, uh, you know, you know, somebody who's a president of the Canadian Trucking Alliance, you hate it when this story is referenced, but that driver that crashed into the, uh, that caused the Humboldt uh, tragedy apparently was on his second solo um, drive. So he was a new driver. I think he'd been in, you know, in it for under a month in the trucking industry. How do you make sure that we have um, Drivers that are trained adequately are ready for the the uh, task at hand, which involves a lot of training. You know, I think, uh, first of all, we will never give excuses or ever try to protect companies that behave like that that company did in that in the Humboldt incident. And in fact, we've lobbied very aggressively to get governments through multiple programs to get get those type of trucking companies off the road. We don't embrace that culture. We're the opposite of that culture with regards to approach to safety. So the issue becomes uh, for us as an industry in terms of attracting people is making sure that training dollars uh, for Canadians that want to enter our industry go go to individuals and companies that are trusted or known employers, meaning they don't engage in, the, in illegal activities. They have the appropriate safety records. They have the appropriate labor standards. And on the other side of the equation, the industry itself has to uh, step up in terms of getting more aggressive and recruiting people to our industry and letting them know of the wonderful opportunities that we have. And, the rea- and we're going to be starting that next week with a, with a national campaign that will be focused more on social media to let people know of the opportunities that we have in our sector. Okay, if there's somebody listening right now, what is, what are you, uh, what's the message that you're most gonna, most likely to lean on to entice people to get into the, the industry? You know, I think the 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 main the main word I would say, if you opportunity, it's not just in the truck driving occupation, it's in the warehousing, it's in the offices, and and to leave this message with everyone. Many of the major successful fleets in Canada, the owner started off at the warehouse floor in the, or as a driver. It is an industry of opportunity. It's also an industry, as we mentioned earlier in this inter- interview, it's here to stay. It, everything that in Canada moves by truck, and it's going to be that way for a long time. 
So we're a big industry. We're an industry full of opportunity. And we're going to be here for a very long time. Obviously, COVID is still on the minds of uh, the the Biden administration and, of course, the uh, the Trudeau government. So uh, if they don't move the dates, can you give us worst case scenario on how long we're looking at a trucking shortage here? The and the dates is, for people listening, by the way, I'm just going to clarify the dates on when they need uh, all, all essential drivers vaccinated. So the the reality is we don't have backup quarterbacks. As we mentioned, there are 20,000 trucks sitting empty today because we don't have drivers. So every driver that is removed from the north-south route, Canada-US trade, those trucks are going to sit. And to our earlier point of the conversation, our industry has a culture of safety. It is the number one uh, piece of piece of our industry and our culture in our industry that every good trucking takes industry uh, industry takes. So the reality is that to put a new driver into a truck will take a considerable amount of time. And so if you remove remove at a minimum 12,000 drivers, there is going to be an impact for a considerable length of time because we just can't put anybody in behind the wheel. Stephen, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we'll wait and see what happens and, and if we get any movement from Biden and from Trudeau on those dates for essential uh, workers traveling across the border having to be fully vaccinated. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for the opportunity. Have a great day. Stephen Leskowski is president of the Canadian Trucking Alliance.